Amen. Thank God for the cross. Amen. If you came to Christ, you came that way as well. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Jonah this morning. The book of Jonah. I know you say, well, we were there a few weeks ago, and we're there again. Amen. Appreciate the good singing this morning. I pray the Lord is magnified through it. Amen. He said if he would be high and lifted up, he'd draw men to himself. Amen. And that's our desire this morning is that you be drawn to the Lord Jesus. Amen. Not to a church or a person or people, but to him. Amen. We'll read the first four verses of the book of Jonah. Jonah chapter number one. The Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. I just like to say there that we should take notice that as the word of the Lord came to Jonah, he told him to cry against something. Amen? We'll get back to that in a minute. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're grateful for your word, Lord, for all the things that we can glean from it. Lord, I pray that you would speak to your people through your servant this morning. Lord, that it be none of me and all of you. God, use it, Father, to effect change, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Most people are familiar with Jonah because of the whale. And quite a story. Amen. I mean, quite a piece of history that a whale swallowed Jonah. And uh, you say, well, was it a whale or was it a fish? And my answer is yes. The Bible corrects science every time, you know. And uh, one place God called it a fish, and one he called it a whale. So a whale's a fish. Yes, amen. And, uh, but anyways, most people know about that. But in these four verses, I think there's a profound truth that often goes overlooked because everybody's so anxious to get to the whale and hear that part of the story. But there's a few things as we're introduced to the book of Jonah. There's no background given as to who Jonah was or really where he came from other than who his father was. We simply find that the word of the Lord was delivered to Jonah. The word of the Lord was delivered to Jonah. And the preeminent matter of this entire book of Jonah is the word of the Lord. The whole premise, everything that happens in the book of Jonah is as a result of what Jonah does when the word of the Lord came unto him. Amen. Now you're here this morning. Amen. And I don't know why you're here. Amen. I don't know if it's because, it's certainly not because of the sign you saw by the road. It's certainly not because of the grandness of the building. I don't know why you've come here this morning, but I would like to suppose that you came to hear the Word of the Lord. I mean, you come to church, you don't want to hear from a man, you don't want to hear somebody's opinion, you want to hear what does the Word of the Lord have to say. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And this whole story of, the, of Jonah and what happened to him is as a result of what Jonah did with what he heard. Amen. God gave Jonah a very specific command. <laughs> and you know, praise the Lord, God I find never vague with his commands. I mean, if the Lord wants you to do something, he's going to tell you exactly what it is he wants you to do. He's always clear and concise, and he says these three things to Jonah. He says, arise. I want you to get up from where you're at, Jonah. Amen. And you know, I've found that the will of God, the Word of God, it can never be done sitting in idleness. You can never do something for God sitting down. You're always going to have to get up. Amen? You're going to have to wake up. 
Amen. That, that's a problem in a lot of churches today. They're asleep. Amen. Now, that has not been a problem here. Amen. Praise God. As far as uh, uh, if, you're, if you fall asleep, uh, it's kind of hard to do. Amen. Because uh, I've been told I'm really loud. So I don't know if there's any truth to that or not. But you can never do what God wants you to do sitting down. Get up, he said. Arise. Then he said to him, Go. Go. There's not a single place in the Bible where God gave a messenger a message and told him to wait until someone came asking for the message before you deliver it. There's nowhere in the Bible that happens. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He told Jonah, he said, I want you to get up and I want you to go down to Nineveh. Amen. We've got a great message. Amen. We have the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And God never told us to sit down and just wait till some. Well, you know, have you witnessed to them? Well, they never ask. God's not, he's telling you, hey, don't wait till people ask. Amen. Go. And then he said, cry. Cry. And can I say that there's no place for passivity in the work of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ? Amen. If you ever waited for the dear citizens of Bridgetown, of which I'm one, to ask us to come and hold our gospel signs, it's probably not going to happen. Amen. You say, well, I, I don't like that. It's too in your face. Look, there is no place for passivity in the deliverance of the gospel. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. There is a judgment day coming, amen, and I want you to be on the Lord's side, amen. He said, I want you to go down there to Nineveh, and I want you to cry against that great city. And, and I'd have you to notice again about that cry. He said, I want you to cry against it. You know, people are not made of what they're for. People are made of what they're against. You want to really get to know somebody, don't ask them what they're for, ask them what they're against. Amen? You know, I, I know the kind of society we live in, of political correctness and all that, but I'm still against some things. And it doesn't matter what I'm for or against, but God is still against some things. God is even against some things that this world is for. God is against a lot of things that this world is for. Amen. I mean, if, if you browse social media or you read the newspaper and you see our politicians going up and down the country and they're for a lot of things that God's against. Amen. And God said, I want you to go with a message. And I want you to cry against that city. Why? Their wickedness is come up before me. I'm telling you, it'd be really nice to be able to stand in a pulpit week after week and give little flowery sermonettes. Amen. And make everybody feel gushy and gooey and yummy on the inside. Amen. But that's not what you do as a preacher of the gospel. Amen. You've got to stand up and cry against some things. That's what God sent Jonah to do. He said, I want you to go down there to Nineveh. I want you to cry against that city because their wickedness has come up before me. And that's the word of the Lord that came unto Jonah. Now, praise God, we have his book. And by the way, if you haven't been around this church long, we have the book. There's not many books. Amen. They can't all be God's Word, okay? There's one. God chose to preserve His Word in one book. Amen. There's not different versions of the truth. You know, if your kids come to you and you're trying to find out what the truth is, they will sometimes all give you a different version. And people go to church, and somebody stands up there, and you know what they do? They give you different versions of the truth. There's not different versions. There is the truth. Amen. Somebody should tell our educators that. There's not your truth and my truth and her truth and their truth and them's truth. There's the truth. Amen. And you can even believe the truth or be deluded. Amen. Amen. But there's only one truth. Amen. Amen. And this book's got the truth. Amen. Amen. And the word of the Lord is coming to you this morning in truth. Amen. Amen. The truth of the word of God. Now, what are you going to do about it? <coughs> Here we have Jonah. The word of the Lord's been delivered to him. He's gotten the message from the Lord. Look at verse 3. First two words. But Jonah. But Jonah. Look at verse 4. First three words. But the Lord. 
So you got but Jonah, and you got but the Lord. And this morning I want to preach for a few minutes on a conflict between Jonah and the Lord. The Lord gave Jonah his word. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Amen? But Jonah. But the Lord. But Jonah. But the Lord. And there's a conflict here. And you know, there's going to be a battle every single time the Word of God comes your way. Every time you hear the truth of the Word of God preached, there's going to be a but Jonah and but the Lord. Amen? There's going to be a but Alan, but the Lord. There's going to be a but Taylor and a but the Lord. Every time the word of the Lord comes out, there is going to be a decision that gets made onto what are you going to do with the word of the Lord. Folks, you can't just sit here in this church forever and be indecisive. I'm tired of people that can't make up their minds. You know, Joshua stood in the middle of the children of Israel one day and said, Choose you this day whom ye will serve. He said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But he said, Today is the day that you decide, are you with us or are you against us? I like that. I, cannot, I am a Montreal Canadiens fan from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head. And I know I lost some of you right there. <laughs> but if you are a Montreal Canadiens fan that has ever in your life had a soft spot for the Boston Bruins, you are against us. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you like Brad Marchand because he's from Halifax, you are not with us. You are against us. I don't care if that new house out on our lake, on Lake Connell, belongs to Brad Marchand's father. I'm against him. <laughs> Why? I'm a Habs fan. I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan. Listen, folks, we come to we got so many people, you can't tell what side they're on. You can't tell if they're on the Lord. The, the word of the Lord goes out every week, every week, and you say, well, I've just not decided yet. In your indecision, you've decided. You're a yay or you're a nay. You're sitting here this morning and you will either accept Jesus Christ as your Savior or you will walk out of here today and reject Jesus Christ as your Savior. You don't get to have, well, I, I just don't know. It's a yay or a nay. And the Bible says, but Jonah. When the word of the Lord came to Jonah, it says, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. From the presence of the Lord. Jonah came into direct conflict with, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know if I need to illustrate this further, but Nathaniel, this morning, the word of the Lord is coming to you. You know a Wednesday night or two ago, the word of the Lord came to Nathaniel, and he said, yes I do. Yes I will. But you know the word of the Lord came to Nathaniel a lot of other times, when he said, no, I won't. Say, what do you mean? Well, a few Wednesday nights ago, he gave his life to the Lord, trusted Jesus as his Savior. <laughs> now, he's heard it all his life. And how many times the word of the Lord came to Nathaniel, the word of the Lord came to Nathaniel, over and over, and but Nathaniel. Amen. But a few weeks ago, but the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God for that. Amen. And you're going to have to make that same decision. Today and every day, that the word of the Lord comes unto you. Amen? Jonah came into direct conflict with now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And listen, listen. Before Jonah did what was wrong, Jonah was wrong. You got that? Before Jonah did wrong and ran off, he was wrong. He was wrong. Before he took a step, it was but Jonah. Before he bought a ticket on the boat, it was but Jonah. 
Amen. You want to know why that is? Because Mark 7.21 says, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Before Jonah ever did anything wrong, he was wrong. You say, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Yeah, but you're wrong. He was wrong in his heart. Amen? The reason we do wrong is because we are wrong. He allowed some little evil thought in his mind to go against God, to take root and to grow. And you know what it caused him to do? Caused him to flee from God. Amen. Jonah rose up, fled, found a ship. He ran from the word of the Lord. And Jonah's decision took him a long ways away from the Lord. Will you notice with me, in verse number three, there's two phrases. It says, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish, one, from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish, two, from the presence of the Lord. Jonah didn't flee from God's commandments. Jonah didn't flee from the word of the Lord. You know what he fled from? He fled from the presence of the Lord. And when you run away from, now the word of the Lord came unto you, you're not just disobeying a commandment. You're not just going against God's word. You are running away from the presence. Of the Lord. You know why you can't feel Him? Maybe you're not in His presence. You know a phone call is not like being there. A live streamed service is not like being there. Amen. Why? There's something about being present. I mean, at home, you can stick your feet up on the sofa, get your favorite cold drink. Don't even have to open your Bible. Just wait for the pastor to read all the Scripture. PJs, slippers, and just sit there and be entertained. But there's something about being here. You know, like when he looks into your eyes and when God reveals your heart, something different about being here. There's no corner to hide in. There's no potty breaks. There's no pause buttons. There's no, I wish I wasn't feeling this, or I wish it wasn't like this, or I wish he'd move to the next. It's just, here you are. Amen. He ran from the presence. Do you know how bad it is when the prophet of the Lord runs away from the presence? Of the Lord. You can see a lot of examples of that on YouTube. All kind of preachers that have no presence of the Lord. Running their little online ministry to the masses. Amen. Couldn't pastor a donkey. Amen. Everybody can be a hero online. Everybody can get followers on social media. Amen. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot out there. No presence of the Lord. Amen. When Jonah flees from obedience to the word of the Lord, he flees from the presence of the Lord. If you will not obey and submit yourself to the word of the Lord, you will leave the presence. Now, I know, because we're not in awe anymore of what it is to be in the presence of the Lord. 
Remember back when they built the tabernacle at the end of the book of Exodus, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, the last chapter? Remember what happened when that cloud descended down on there? The presence of the Lord was there. Amen. Have you ever been in a place spiritually where the cloud of God's presence has been in your life? You ever been when it's not? I'm not talking about whether you're saved or not saved. I'm talking about, and he walks with me and talks with me and tells me I'm his own. You know, my favorite verse of that song in the garden is the second verse. He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet. The birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is singing and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever that presence. Amen. He walked away from that. He got into a conflict with God over now the word of the Lord came and walked out of the presence of the Lord. Now folks, you're going to face that. You're going to face that this morning. Because the word of the Lord is being delivered to you and you are going to decide what you're going to do with it. Amen? The word of the Lord has come to you this morning. Not me. The word of the Lord. And you're going to have to decide what you're going to do. Is it going to be but Jonah? Or but the Lord? Amen? And I'm here to tell you that Jonah face some severe consequences for his but Jonah. And you, you might say here this morning, yeah, well, you don't know about my life, or yeah, but you don't know what situation I'm in. Yeah, well, you don't know my wife, how she really is. Or yeah, but you don't know my husband. Yeah, but now the word of the Lord has come. And no matter who your husband is, or who your family is, or what your job situation is, amen, or what your financial circumstances, or who you're sitting beside this morning, the word of the Lord has come. And there'll be a choice to make. But Jonah? Or but the Lord? Amen. And I want to encourage you this morning. You need but the Lord. Why? Because you'll see here in verse number 3, we look at this verse one more time. It says, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You know the one thing that Jonah got right? There was one thing Jonah got right. He rose up. Didn't God tell him to arise? Amen. Jonah got up and the Lord said, go down to Nineveh. And Jonah got up and he went to Tarshish. Off he went. He got up. He got up. But look what the Bible says <coughs> in verse 3. He rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and what? Went down. Can I tell you this morning, if you find yourself in conflict with God and His Word and you want to butt Jonah on God, there will be a position you will have to take and it's down. It's always, always down. Down. He went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it. And I'm telling you something this morning, if you're in conflict with God, if you're in conflict with the Word of God, with the will of God, and you are willfully disobeying the Lord, you will go You know, I know Christians that have made it through to the end of their days, never returned to the Lord, 
never got things right with the Lord, amen, died, went off into eternity. You say, what happened? They stood before the Lord one day and went down and said, He is Lord. He is King. Every sinner that willed themselves against God and said, I will not receive His salvation. I will not repent of my sin. I will not believe on Jesus Christ. And they went to their grave and perceived riches and happiness and pleasure and prosperity. Let me tell you, when they took their last breath here and their first in heaven, they went down and said, He is Lord. He is God. If you go against God, if you come into conflict with God and you turn away from God, there is a position you'll have to take. <coughs> It'll be down. It'll be down. Amen. If you receive the word of the Lord and obey God and do what He says, there's another direction. Amen. But if you run from Him, there's a position you'll have to take. Notice also in verse number 3, the Bible says he went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof. Not only is there a position you'll have to take, but there's a price. There's a price you'll have to pay. Now the word of the Lord comes to you this morning and you say, yeah, well, I'm not doing it. I don't care what you say, you windbag. I know what people think sitting down there sometimes. I'm okay with that. They call the Lord worse things. Amen? You say, I, I, I'm not listening to you. I, I, I see what you're trying to do to me. Amen? I'm not trying to do anything to you. I'm trying to say, now the word of the Lord came. But I'm telling you, if you want to just sit there and cross your arms and say, move me if you can. I don't want what you've got. There's also a price you'll have to pay. Amen. It's a price none of us can afford. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. It's not a rejection of me. I don't ever take it personally. Amen. I'm just the messenger. I've got a message from the Lord to deliver. Amen. I don't care what you think of me. But I care what you think of God. And the word of the Lord is coming to you this morning. And you're going to have to either butt Jonah or butt the Lord. You can't do it both. You'll have to choose you today. <clears throat> and I'm telling you, if you choose you and you choose your ways and you choose what you think you know is best, you're going to pay. And let me tell you what else. Everybody else around you is going to pay. Your family's going to pay. Those that love you is going to pay. Your co-workers are going to pay. Everybody's going to pay for your selfishness to choose you and not the Lord. Those mariners paid. They were scared half to death. They paid. There's a price you'll pay. Amen. You want to raise kids? that'll get saved and serve the Lord and stay clean and not stick needles in their veins and not cut their arms and not want to commit suicide by the time they're 18, the Word of the Lord has come. The Word of the Lord has come. You better not butt Jonah. <coughs> well, we, you, don't, you don't know what kind of world this is, what kind of society we live in. And, and you know, you go to jail for doing that and you get in trouble. For... But Jonah or but the Lord? But Jonah or but the Lord? But Jonah or but the Lord? I'm telling you, if you take the wrong position on that, there's a price you'll pay. You say, you say well, I want to have a marriage that's happy. I want to be happy in my marriage. Now the word of the Lord came. You want to butt me? Well, butt my wife. But except for this and butt that, and you don't want to butt the Lord, there's a price. That's why 54% of all Canadian marriages end in a divorce court. Say why? But Jonah. There's a price. Amen. You say, well, at least I'll be rid of her. Yeah, and you'll be paying her or him for the rest of your life. 
Man, I, we have a cousin. My wife has a cousin. Grew up in church. Got saved at a fairly young age. Got enamored with a girl. Ran off, married her. They had two children. She left him for the next slick guy that came along. Left him with two kids. And a, he's a welder at the Nova Scotia shipbuilding in Halifax. Makes good money. And she takes 80% of everything he makes. You say, what does she do? She works in a doctor's office, makes good money. That don't matter. Amen. All he can barely afford to do is rent out a little room, and whatever money he's got left, he doesn't eat, he drinks it. And dopes it. And wants to die. Because his life is such a mess. And you know I'm telling you something right now. One day the word of the Lord came to that young man, and he said, but Joe. But Joe. It won't happen to me. I'm the son of these people that go to this church. But Joe. And the Lord said, but God. There's a price. There's a price. You say, you're trying to scare me. This is, this is, not, this is not encouraging. I'm trying to tell you the truth. I'm not trying to lie to you like this bunch out here. Amen. Everything's going to go good. Everything's going to go well. They, you know, I mean, we're bringing in, you know... Uh, you know, legalizing weed, and, you know, now you can go to a doctor and kill yourself, and, you know, all this. And this is great for this world, is it? Suicide rate's going down, is it? There's less drug abuse now because we've legalized marijuana like they told you, is it? Now in B.C. and Ontario and all these places, safe injection sites for hard drugs, and that's going to clean up society, is it? It's astounding the stupidity of people when they butt Jonah. You know, one day the word of the Lord came in this country. It's still sealed over the grand entrance of Parliament building. But nobody listens to it anymore. And I'm sure in the million dollars worth of renovations they're doing, they're taking meticulous time to remove all the references to God in those government buildings. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. But there's a price. And friends, we're paying we're paying. How on earth can you stand up against some of them? And some of you sit here and you stand against all those things and you won't even accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. There's a price. There's a price. In verse number 4, you say, man, I've never heard preaching like this. Welcome to Amazing Grace Baptist Church. <laughs> Amen. Where are you going to hear the truth, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Not just some little soft sermon. In verse 4, the Bible says, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. You know the third thing that will happen when you stand against the word of the Lord? There's a punishment you'll have to face. It's, it's amazing, folks, that... And, and, and by the way, God's not a cruel God. Okay. Say, well, why is all this stuff? How could, a, how could a loving God do this? That is such a... I don't even... It's hard to address the utter ridiculousness of a, of a statement like that. How could a wretched mankind who God gave His Son for reject Him like that? You know, a lot of these things that are happening in the world is not as a result of a hateful God pouring out His wrath. It's as a result of a ridiculous mankind who's abusing their own selves. It's not God up there in heaven foisting this wickedness on the world. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Remember, Jonah was wrong before he did wrong. The reason why this world's in such a mess is not because God put this... You know, people don't die of cancer because a big, mean God is punishing you. Amen? It's because you smoked cigarettes your whole life. Because you destroy yourself with bad eating. Because we put things into our body that have repercussions. not because some big meanie God has a bonking stick and just can't wait to beat you over the head. The Bible tells us that. 
When you find sexual perversion in Scripture in Romans chapter 1, you know what God said? That they will reap in their bodies the recompense of their error. Why is there so many diseases? Why is there so much sexual uh, transmitted diseases amongst uh, people that are promiscuous? I'm going to tell you why. It's the result of being promiscuous. I'll never forget monkeypox coming out right after COVID and me having to explain to some of our dear senior citizens that they were in no danger of getting that. Don't, you don't have to worry about getting monkeypox. Well, why? You're faithful to your husband or your wife. But it is a natural consequence for people who want to live in that type of lifestyle. A promiscuous lifestyle. There is a punishment you have to face. Amen. It's amazing. In order, listen, this ship the Bible says that he was on, this ship was, see what it says? It was like to be broken. It was almost broken. <clears throat> and you know what? You can preach a message like this and deliver the word of the Lord to people. And there are things that you're thinking about sitting there in your seat that you need to rectify in your life. And you're like to be broken, but you won't. I'll bend, but I won't break. I see what you're saying, but and you're going, and you're like to be broke, but you're just pulling back for all your worth. And then you're wondering why your life is falling apart. Why your relationships are in ruin. Why nothing seems to be going right. Because you'll bend, but you won't break. I'm not going to give in to him. Folks, I'm not asking you to. I'm trying to tell you there's a loving God. And he's calling you. He wants you to come. Amen. He wants to deliver. And listen, it's not that all the storms disappear out of your life, but it's that you get the captain of the ship to Salem with. Amen. That's a big difference. Amen. Amen. Why is it so bad? Why won't it get better? Why do we have all this debt? Why am I losing my job? Why are the kids going off the rail? Why is my health? God's trying to break you. The sacrifice of the Lord is a broken and contrite spirit. Amen. Why can't you see that a loving God chastens the ones He loves? The Bible says in Proverbs 3.12, For whom the Lord loveth, He correcteth even as a father, the son. You say, when will it end? The Bible says in Psalm 103, 13, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. When you come into a fear of the Lord, it'll end. When you go back to now the word of the Lord came and you say, okay, Lord, Lord, and stop this but Jonah stuff. In Jonah 1 and verse 10, finally this morning, I already mentioned about the people that will have their lives jeopardized because of your decision. Those mariners, they were, they were crying out, praying to every God imaginable, casting forth everything, that, all, their, all their hard-earned uh, uh, wares into the sea, all, all, whatever was going to be sold for money, everything, they were throwing it all overboard. And guess what was going on? While they were despairing for their lives, Jonah's in the bottom of the ship sleeping. Amen. When you get that but Jonah attitude, you will jeopardize the lives of other people. Finally, in verse number 10, by the way, there's 11 questions that get asked Jonah in the book of Jonah. Eleven. Amen? And when you get into conflict with God, that's all there's going to be in your life. People, people get, I talk to them about the Lord. You know what people say to me when I try and tell them about the Lord? Well, if there is a God, why would he let children starve? Why would he, now, now everybody's on to because of this new movie that's coming out, you know, about the, the uh, child sex trafficking. Everybody's saying, if there is a God, why would he allow that? That's what everybody's saying. And, and, and questions like that, I almost, I'm almost at a point I'll refuse to answer. I think God's responsible for that. 
Man wanted to kick God out long ago, and they did, and God left man to his own devices, and this is what they've done with it. This is not God's fault. God is still calling sinners to repentance. God still has his arms of love open wide for whosoever will that may come. But people won't come anymore. They, they get into this conflict, their soul gets in trouble, and they reject God. And this is what we get as a result. But in Jonah 1 verse 10, Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? Here's these, these lost mariners, these lost seamen, praying everything under the sun. And you know how it goes, they draw the lots and it falls on Jonah and they look at Jonah and they say, Jonah, why did you do this? Why did you do this, Jonah? If your God is the God that can make this storm, Jonah, why? Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you obey? Why didn't you submit yourself to the word of the Lord? Why are you run way out here out of the presence of the Lord, Jonah? Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord. Why? Because he had told them he would. He said, boys, this has come upon you because I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I didn't respond to God the way I was supposed to. And you know in your life, when you get into conflict with God, there will come a point where you will have to admit you were wrong. You know that's why most people won't come to Jesus? Because to do so is to admit they're wrong. I remember trying to tell somebody about the Lord how, you know, that He had done the work on the cross that's needed for salvation. How there was nothing they could do. And they said, you mean to tell me if I trust Jesus as my Savior that everything good that I have done before this is of no account? I said, everything good that you've done, you can't do anything good without Jesus. I mean, sure, feed the homeless person. I'm for that. Help the poor. I'm for that. But what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? <laughs> what does it help me? If Listen, I've been to the Philippines six, seven times. I'm planning to go to Vietnam in November. Why? To the orphanages to help them, to encourage them. Amen? If they have a well to dig, we'll dig it. If they have a house to build, we'll build it. But if we dig them a well and put water in their belly and build them a home and give them a place for shelter, but we let them die and go to hell, what good is it? My chief objective is not to do those things. I have found that when you find Jesus, He meets your needs. Amen. You think about those little Vietnamese children at the Southeast Asian Orphanage Foundation, and they were living in the dump, scrounging for scraps until a man came by their way and told them about Jesus and took them to that home and cleaned them and fed them and gave them a roof over their head. They owe everything to Jesus. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? There will come a point you will have to say, I was wrong. You say, I'll never admit it. You will one day. You will one day. Wouldn't you want to do it here and now out of your own choice? Out of your own choosing to say, all right, I choose God. I've tried it my own way. How's that going? Happy? At peace? Do you have joy of living? You know how it is. So much joy you get when you buy that new car. It's wonderful. Till the first bill comes. And now a thousand bucks is an easy, is a is a small payment for a new vehicle. And then it starts breaking down, and you still got eight years to go. And all of a sudden, what brought you so much joy is now the source of your hatred. I hate that stupid truck. I've heard that so many times from people. But you know what I've never heard? After a soul comes to Jesus for salvation, I've never heard, I hate that Jesus. I never hate that. You know why? He's so good. 
say, oh, it must be nice to live the charmed life. Are you kidding me? I don't live a charmed life. It rains on the just and the unjust. There's hardships coming my way. You know what? I have to pay the same price as you to fill my gas tank on that 5.7 liter Hemi. It's not cheaper for me. Come on now. I pay taxes. That's more than I can say. For hey, man, I do what I'm supposed to do. It's no easier for me. Amen? It's still difficult. You know what? I still have to deal with in my family health issues. People get cancer. People, things go wrong for them. Same as you. Man, I don't live no charmed life. But I'll tell you what I do live. I do live blessed. I do live in joy. I do live in contentedness. Why? It's wonderful to know the Savior. Now the word of the Lord has been presented to you this morning. Amen. But Jonah or but the Lord. Amen. I ask you this morning, fleeing from the word of the Lord is fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Why would you do that? That's what those mariners asked him. Jonah, why would you do that? Why'd you, your God can do all this. Why would you run from I'm asking you the same question this morning. Why but Jonah? Why but Brandon? Amen. Why not but the Lord? But the Lord. Amen. That's the question we've got to ask this morning. The word of the Lord's come to us. Are you going to find yourself in conflict with God? Or you just put up your hand and say, I surrender. I don't want any more of this but, Jonah. I've, I've tried to do it my way, Lord, and I'm in a mess. My marriage is barely holding together. The job situation's not good. It's looking bleak. All I can think about is whether or not Trudeau's going to be in for another four years or not. All I can think about is the next conspiracy theory. All I can think about is, you know, how is this going to work out? And what's going to happen over here? And are they going to get sick? Or are they going to die? Or I, I, my life's a mess and I'm trying to cope with it. And I'm, I'm trying not to take the pills. And I'm, I'm trying not to do the thing. But I just don't know what to do. I don't. Are you going to stop all that mess? And just come to Jesus? continue to destroy the rest of your life with misery when there's comfort in Him. You know, there's people in our congregation here, they deal with a lot of health problems. A lot of difficulties. They can do it with joy. Why? But the Lord. But the Lord. Let's stand together this morning. You could have a piano player come.